Here I am, just laying in bed, relaxing, enjoying my Sabbath with my Papa, Adonai, Hashem, Elohim. I'm just talking to him, having a good time, just the two of us, just the two of us. <laughs> Hallelujah, Adonai, just the two of us. Adonai and Guy. <laughs> I was thinking of a line that would fit. But anyway, it's the Shabbos. And many of the Jews, almost all of them, are on their way to Shul, what is called synagogue, in Shul, or on their way home from Shul, in order to take a quick nap before returning to Shul for the Mincha offering in the afternoon. Which is no offering at all, that's a prayer, but... Why are you going to the synagogue, shul, as you call it? Why? Where is that in the Torah? Nowhere in the Torah does it tell you to go to anywhere on the Shabbat. No, it says, keep it holy, do no work, set it apart. And that's about it. <laughs> keep it holy. Do no work. And, yeah. Do not light any fire in regards to work, by the way. It doesn't say no fire in regards to fire. The commandment that was given to them to light no fire on the Sabbath was in context of the occupational work that they were ordered to do. So that means don't light up your, you know, whatever it is you do for work. If you're in real estate, don't look at those charts. Don't look at those things. Don't use your phone. Don't use that computer for that purpose. Because that's what they did. They were blacksmiths and gold hammers and those things. They used the fire for that. So that's the commandment. It doesn't tell you no, you can't cook, you can't light up you know, the oven, you can't turn on the heat in your house. You know, remember that electricity is new. Up until 200 years ago, give or take, people used fire for light, for warmth. What, do you think God wants you to sit in the dark from the moment the sun sets on the sixth day until... The end of the seventh day, you can't even turn on the heat. You're going to freeze to death in those cold winters. They didn't have brick and mortar homes. They would have died already. No, that's not the commandment. It has to do with work. But regardless, there is no commandment to go to synagogue. And yet, that's all you people do. You summarize your entire religion around the synagogue. And you go there and you have your ritual. You bring out the Torah. You say a few prayers from the Siddur, you read a passage from the Torah, you put it back in, you sing another song, another psalm that somebody else wrote, and then you go and you have your Kiddush meal, everybody together, drink some alcohol, get drunk on the Shabbos, because, well, it's the Shabbos, right? You're not driving, <laughs> so you can get drunk, indulge in spirits, and then that's your Shabbos. And that sums up your religion, give or take. And I'm just wondering, why? What are you doing? Where do you get all of that? I thought it was about the Torah. I thought it was about God. Wasn't it? Well, I guess not. Because God is very specific when he wants to be specific. And vague when he wants to be vague. And he was very specific when he said, Do everything I have commanded you. Do not add, do not subtract. And he gave us very specific commandments. Keep it holy. Well... Keep it holy. Do you keep the Shabbos holy when you get drunk? Do you keep it holy when you go to your synagogues and 
in your mind, you're thinking about all kind of stuff. You get together, talk about occupation, talk about the deals, talk about what you do for work. Oh, I've been to all of those synagogues. The first thing they asked me, oh, hey guy, what do you do for work? Yeah, uh-huh, I've heard about you. And then you hire some Mexican woman to cater in your kitchens. Yeah, because you don't want to work, right? The Sabbath says you shall do no work, so you hire somebody else to do work, even though the commandment says you shall do no work, you and your sons and your daughter and your male and female servant and your ox and your donkey and all of your livestock and the foreigner residing in your town. That pretty much includes everything and everyone, even the animals. And yet you put your maids to work to cook for you. Do you really not get it? I mean, is it, is it really that complicated that it just goes over your head? You make synagogue a commandment, you make kippah a commandment, putting a talit a commandment, reading from the Torah the parsha a commandment, which is not, by the way, and yet you ignore the very commandments God has given you to not create additional commandments and to fulfill the ones he has already given us, which is to do no work, to give rest to your servants, and to keep the Sabbath holy. What are you doing exactly? What is this? And you think you... What? You think you're Jewish because of what? Because you keep the tradition of what you think Judaism is? Well, but what if Judaism isn't what God intended, isn't what God created? So you're faithful to something that is mutated by men and you're unfaithful to something that was given by God. God never told us to read the Torah on the Shabbos. He never said you have to read this parsha. He never said to divide it and read it so ritualistically that you don't even understand what you are reading. He didn't even tell us to memorize it. He never told us to be in a yeshiva, to grow up in a yeshiva. Where is that in the Torah? Nobody in the Torah did what you do. They did not go to synagogue on the Shabbos. They did not do yeshiva. They didn't even wear a kippah. But you do. You read about David, a man after God's own heart, in 2 Samuel 6 and 7, dancing, half naked, going crazy for the Lord, out of his love for him. See, you all sing about David, but you would not have liked David if you met him. Because he was about God. He wasn't about looking good and smelling good and being so proper and being so polite and doing things very ritualistically. No, David had a spirit of God. He was dancing like crazy on the Shabbos. <gasps> How dare he? <laughs> dancing and playing music on the Shabbos? Oh, you, <laughs> this is unheard of. Yeah, but that's what you people are. See, you, have, you are nothing like David and yet you quote his Psalms as if you were living them yourself, but you're not. You don't even leave the Psalms, you just quote them. Where does it say in the Torah to quote anything? It says, write it on your heart. Live it out naturally. Be a Torah. It doesn't say you have to memorize it. The Torah was only written once a year in, a, in the assembly of Tabernacle and Sikot, we know that. And the only one that is specifically commanded to write and read is the king. And he was to instruct the people. But there is no commandment to read it every week. Now, given you should, you should read it and study it and everything. Yes, that's wonderful, but it's not a commandment. And the commandment, if anything, is to write it on your heart, which you do not do. You write it on your memory, on your brain, but you are not keeping it. You are not living it. Instead, you are occupied with everything else, with the traditions and the Book of Enoch and the prophecies and the Talmud and the traditions, and the synagogue, everything but God. The whole purpose of the Torah is to return you to the likeness of God, so that you could walk with God, be a fitting 
equally yoked with him. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Return you to his image. To guide you towards him. To give you an instruction. It's like a sign at the side of the road. Turn left. Adonai is 30 miles ahead. That's, that's about it. It's not something to be worshipped. It's not something to kiss and dance around in circles if you're not even keeping it. No, you're a bunch of hypocrites. God is, God is going to destroy all of you. Judgment is coming. See, the problem with you, you don't even have a fear of God. You are so contempt. You treat God with contempt. You don't even believe that he exists. You say you do, but you don't. If you did, you would tremble. David trembled when the guy Uzzah touched the Ark of the Covenant when they were bringing it to the house of David. He touched it and he died immediately. And David was struck with fear. He was afraid to take the, the Ark towards his house. So he let it sit at someone else's house for three months until David himself prepared. He studied the scripture. He read how is the proper way, what is the proper way to travel with the Ark of the Covenant because he did not want to perish. He did not want to die in his sins. So he studied what Aharon did in Vaikra, the Parsha Shemini. He studied how to bless the people, how to make atonement. Now you would say, well, but that is only for the high priest. Only the high priest can make atonements and only the high priest can bless the people. And yet David did it. See, but you Pharisees, you would not have accepted David. You would have rejected him because according to you, he did not keep the Torah. But he did. Because David was called in the order of Melchizedek, much like Yeshua. He was a king and priest through his lineage. He did what the high priest was only allowed to do. And Adonai accepted it. See, the Torah really testifies against you people that you know nothing of what God wants, of who God is, of what is his desire. Because everything you do contradicts God's word. You are doing something that is out of the world and is some part of another world. And yet you call yourself religious Jews. I'm just confused on what does that mean exactly? And yet you give God such a bad reputation that the rest of the Jews that have some sense are becoming secularists and push further away from religion because they look at you and they say, well, if this is God, I want nothing to do with it. So let me ask you this. Who do you think is going to get the worst judgment? The secularists who look at you and think that's God, so therefore they want nothing to do with it? Or you that bring contempt and disgrace on the name of God and that because of you, all the other Jews have rejected Adonai. Who do you think is going to get the worst judgment? Think about that and repent because it's not going to end well for you. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> judgment is coming.